Blog Talk Radio. How I wish that there were more than the 24 hours in the day. Even if there were 40 more, I wouldn't sleep a minute away. Oh, there's blackjack and poker and the roulette wheel. A fortune won and lost on every deal. All you need is strong heart and a nerve steel. Viva Las Vegas! Viva! Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Viva Las Vegas here on a Tuesday night. As always, I'm your host, Blackjack Fletcher. And tonight we are joined, as always, by our friend from SBR, the big man on campus. Jeffrey, how you doing tonight, brother? Doing good, pal. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Watching these games. Got uh, got the Warriors going here in a tight one. Trying to get these Cardinals home, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, but, uh, yeah, pretty good overall. Yeah, we got a nice game finally. At least we hope uh, here in uh... – in Golden State, you know, it didn't it wasn't a good start for Golden or for Houston. I mean, they couldn't hit water in a boat. What was it, twelve nothing? But what a yep. second quarter! Um, obviously, much more team-oriented basketball tonight. Um, you know, Rockets aren't really shooting the ball too well, but um, you know, just kind of getting turnovers, you know, easy runouts. I mean, there was a little yeah. stretch where there were two runouts in a row. Uh, Rockets playing with some heart tonight. Yeah, I'm still uh I'm still not too worried. I mean I've got Golden State laying eight and I'm I'm really not concerned. Uh you know, the Warriors are Wow, really? Wow. Yeah. I, yeah, uh, man. I mean look I, I, I just see a different gleam in their eyes than I used to. Yeah, I mean look, they're playing a little bit better, but I mean like you said, Golden State kind of gifted them ten turnovers in the first half. Um, you know, and and they're still I mean Warriors are a team and you've got a shot. You got to step on their throat, man, and take them out of a game, and they haven't done that. And how many times, Jeff, have we seen this team go on, you know, twelve, fifteen, nothing runs, and all of a sudden, what was a close game is now out of reach? I, I, I don't know. I think they're letting Golden State hang around too much. Yeah, I mean, they got to find a way to Golden State to just make some shots. I mean, they're you know only shooting forty percent. They're four for fourteen from three. Uh, Clay Thompson's been a non-factor. Um, you don't have Iguodala, obviously. That that hurts. Um, you know, you, you haven't gotten anything out of Kavon Looney, really. So, I mean, they need um, they need to you know shoot the ball a little bit better. But look, they're right in the game, um, and they're not playing particularly well. So, yeah, I mean, I think you have a point there. But you know, Blackjack, obviously, um, you know, I, I think you came up with a pretty good idea tonight. Do a little NBA mock draft. You talk about some team needs. You kind of give our opinion on where we think teams are going to go. Drafts come in Blackjack, and if you know, uh, as you know, that there's some great ways to make money in the draft. If you can. Do the research. You can find some some real good spots. There's some money to be made, but um, you know, we'll go over that. Uh, we got MLB baseball tonight as well. Uh, I know you said you're on the uh, Cardinals, uh, the Reds. How about this, Blackjack? Uh, our friend Matt Harvey, uh, new lease on life. Uh, pitched very well tonight. Six innings, gave up just the one run. It was a home run. Yeah. Matt Harvey looked good tonight. Yeah, you like know, I Jeff, I mean, look, I, I don't know whether it's one of those situations where maybe he really did just need a change of scenery. That's why, you know, I remember having this argument with, with our friend Frank the Tank, you know, when, when he said nobody would trade for him. I was like, Absolutely. Someone, someone is going to think they can fix this kid, and maybe that's what it was. I don't know. I mean, look, he's had three starts, and honestly, one's been better than the next, and all three of them have been better than anything he's given the Mets in quite a while. So, um you know, if you're a, a Reds fan, you know, maybe you're optimistic that you've got a guy here that can, 
can be something. I don't know whether you're going to re-sign him after the year, but, um, you know, it's it's a little bit of a glimmer of hope if you're a fan of Matt Harvey, I suppose. Yeah, I want to make uh, one thing very clear right now. Um, listen, it, it's not really close either. Um, this Arizona Diamondbacks offense is the worst in the league, uh, in my opinion. Th- this this group is brutal right now. Um, you know, quickly, Blackjack, if I could just have the floor for just about 30 seconds. You look at this Diamondback team, okay? I, I don't think people quite understand how bad it's gotten with this group. Um, they're last in the league in batting average, 29th in runs scored, dead last in on-base percentage, second worst in strikeouts per game at almost 10. You look at Paul Goldschmidt. I talked about him last night. Um, you look at tonight, another 0 for 3. He's hitting below 200 at this point, Paul Goldschmidt. And you really look at where the problems have arised with this team. You can't lose so much and expect the pitch to play well. I mean, you lose Goldschmidt. He's been a, a non-factor. Pollock's injured. B-Mart or J.D. Martinez is gone. David Peralta hasn't done a lot. Uh, you lose Gene Segura. You lost Brandon Drury. Um, th- this is a really horrific offense. I mean, shut out again tonight. Um, you know, Wally Shasin with another just absolute gem. Um, it's a shame because they've gotten very good pitching. Matt Koch was very good tonight. Bullpen was solid. Um, this team, and you look at uh, out through that NL West, there's a lot of bad offenses in that division. I mean, the, the, the Padres are poor. Dodgers have shown just no, no real guile at all this year. Diamondbacks, the Giants have struggled at times. Um, there's just no offense in that division. It's, it's pretty hard to watch. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're, you're right about the Diamondbacks. I think they get a pass from a lot of people because, you know, A, they started the season pretty hot. And B, like you said, the pitching. The pitching has been very good. So they're still kind of hanging around and everything. But that division's interesting, man, because, you know, like you said, the Dodgers have kind of fallen off of a cliff. The Padres aren't winning that division. The Giants are right around 500. You know, it kind of lends itself to the Diamondbacks and the Rockies going at it. And unfortunately for for fans of those teams, they're kind of mirror images of each other because – the Rockies clearly have the better offense, but the Diamondbacks clearly have the better pitching. So, um, I don't know. That's going to be an interesting race as the season goes on. Yeah, uh, but uh, Blackjack, we'll get a little uh, homework out of the way here. As always, we'd like to hear from you. 917-889-3290. 917-889-3290. Blackjack, we are uh, presented by the Action Network. Obviously, your place uh, you are doing some good work over there, which I'm happy to announce. Thank you very and much. I, I urge, I urge all of you to uh, take a look at what the black, great blackjack Fletcher is doing on a regular basis. Also, the phone lines sponsored by Southtown 101, down in San Antonio, Texas, 101 Parade Street. They took care of us when we were down there for the Final Four. Give us a really nice time. Uh, let us you know, kind of hang out with them. You know, two guys from the East Coast. Let them hang out. We had a great time. Great food. Great beverages. Great everything. Great service good entertainment, nice people. Um, San Antonio, a very nice city, nice people. They'll take care of you down there. Make sure if you're ever near that area, you want to go somewhere nice, uh, go see the Riverwalk or the Alamo, go check out our friends at Southtown 101, a corner bar, 101 Parade Street in sunny San Antonio. Blackjack, uh, this caller, he was uh, on right from the beginning. Right on the jump. Without further ado, let's present uh, our first caller. Go ahead. You're up, caller. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, hey what's your name? This is Brendan from uh, Maryland. What's, what's up, up, Brendan? Brendan? Um, so I just had a call. I heard that guy from last night 
saying Aiton's going to be below average, saying he's going to be a journeyman. That's just right. absolute joke. Ronic. I mean, if you, you can't judge this guy off of one tournament game. Look at Ben Simmons. He couldn't even get – I know he played for LSU. This guy couldn't even get them to the tournament, and he's going to judge him off of one game. I mean, all I can yeah. remember is just seeing that guy versus Oregon just driving, driving uh-huh. like a guard. I mean, he reminds yeah. me of a young Dwight Howard. And if you remember that Oregon game, Brendan, that was the game I was referring to where they literally triple-teamed him. I mean, they were doing right. everything possible to deny him the ball down low. And if we you remember know, Obviously, you can't do that in the NBA. That was also the game where it was literally the game after he was said to have taken a bribe yep. from himself. It was. I mean, that, that's right. that's the kind of things you're dealing with. And, you know, I made this point last night, and I feel like it was kind of lost. He had 24 double-doubles last year. 24. I mean, that's a lot of double-doubles, man. I mean, you look at points per game, he was, you know, top 30. I mean, it, yeah. he was a great player. I don't, how you can say and, that? And, is, and listen, there are just some kids who who you can look at and know that they're made for the NBA. Like, I understand skepticism yeah. about some big men. And I know, Jeff, you and I may disagree about this. But I, I look at Muhammad Bamba and I think, all right, I don't know if he's got the body for the NBA. He's tall and he's long, but I don't know if he can withstand 82 games down low. DeAndre Ayton is seven feet tall, 260 pounds. I mean, <laughs> the guy has a yeah, body that is yeah. NBA ready now. Like, he yeah. doesn't need to grow into his frame. He's ready to go now. Yeah, he's got to do some I, jump I wish shot, I could, too. I also wish I could find it. And I, I wrote it down somewhere, and I, if I can locate it, I'll have it for tomorrow's show. He's with some esteemed company. I mean, you look at his numbers through one year in college – they rival some of the great bigs that we've seen lately. You know, the Carl Anthony Towns, the Joel Embiid's, the Anthony Davises. I mean, he's right up there as far as numbers are concerned. So, yeah. you know, as far as that, I mean. And, and you know, Jeff and, and Brendan, I, I think part of it, too, is as, as big of a name of a program as Arizona is, it, it, it's kind of lost a little bit of its luster in, in years gone by. If, if DeAndre Ayton was playing at Duke or Kentucky – or Villanova, he would be a runaway first overall pick. Right. Nobody would even think. Probably. Oh, not even close. What else do you have, Brennan? But, um, so, if I'm not – correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff. When you were doing the show when Blackjack was out of town, wasn't this the same guy that said Kawhi Leonard was better than LeBron? I mean, I don't even know where to begin with that. Uh, I don't know what he's smoking, but I would love to have whatever I'm not sure. I mean, he, he – uh, I'm pretty sure he is, said that. But. Yeah, uh, listen, he he's made some points that – I think the common theme of him is he's obviously someone that grew up in a you know little different time period as far as basketball is concerned. He obviously has his thought process on how certain players should be. Um, yeah. I don't know if he said that exactly, but um, you know he also said that he wouldn't think twice about Michael Porter. And look, I like Michael Porter a lot. I think he you know at, at the beginning of the season I would have put penciled him as the best player in this class, but. The, the nagging yeah. back issues are a concern. So yeah, I don't know if I don't know if he said that, but he he is a fan of like the older game and 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 that kind of thing. So um, I guess that has something to yeah. do with it, maybe. But yeah, other than that, um, I saw this thing on Twitter. I wanted to get your guys' opinion. Um, if you could start an NFL franchise, who you guys who would you guys take, Jimmy Garoppolo or Deshaun Watson? I thought it was a pretty interesting Garoppolo. It's a great uh, question. question. It's a great question. Um, I would take Garoppolo as well. And just just real quick as a side note here. Uh, what we were just talking about with the Warriors, Jeff, they are now on a 13-3 run. <laughs> so, what, they're up five? Uh, they're, they're up, up three, three at the moment. 
That's good work. They can they can go quick, can't they? Amazing. Sure can. They're four for five from three in the third quarter. Well, there you go. I mean, they were four for fourteen when we were talking about it. Yeah. Now look. Yeah, and They're Steph Curry's four got five. fourteen points in the quarter with four minutes. Houston to play. can't lose. They have to find if they lose this game, that would be ugly. It's over yeah, if they lose tonight. It would. Uh, Brendan, back to your question. I, I'm with Jeff. I would go with Garoppolo just because, you know, I, I'm always going to have the injury concern with Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, right. you, you don't see a ton of quarterbacks that play the style he plays that have long, extended, healthy careers as the Warriors make another three. Um, you just don't see it very often. There generally are injury problems. And as much as I love Watson, Garoppolo seems like he's going to be an absolute star. Um, so I, I would take Garoppolo. Agreed. All right. Well, other than that, thanks for taking my call, guys. Um, you know, as a young guy, just you know, new to gambling, you guys have really helped me a lot. Um, your guys' sport knowledge is second to none, so I really appreciate all the stuff you guys do. Thanks, thanks man. brother. Appreciate, appreciate it. You guys have a great night. Yeah, real quick. Uh, no problem. Thanks, man. Uh, real quick, Blackjack. Um, we were just kind of talking about a town or a, a DeAndre Ayton, and you know, I found something. I, I think it was on Reddit. And again, I I try to research the Reddit stats that I find, but here's a quick comparison of Ayton against Carl Anthony Towns in their freshman 40 minute stats. DeAndre Ayton 23.9 points a game. Towns 19 and a half. Ayton has better rebounding numbers. He has better assist numbers. He has better offensive rating numbers and defensive rating numbers, which is surprising. Um, you know, his every number really is better than, than, than Towns. So, I mean, as far as that's concerned, um, I think it's, you know, Emza maybe made a statement that was a little crazy, but the, the numbers are there for him as, as a center. So at the next level, I, I just I can't see a situation where it's not successful. But a uh, great call there by uh, Brendan. Uh, if you want to join 917 889 3290. Blackjack, before we get into uh, some of the NBA, I wanted to ask you here, obviously a big game seven tomorrow night down in uh, Tampa Bay yep. uh, between the uh, Capitals and Tampa. Obviously it's a game seven and, you know, game sevens are obviously t- to ask, you know, to give a, a detailed breakdown of what's going to happen. I mean, it's game seven. Look, both teams sure. are going to be pumped up and ready to go. Um, you're going to get a nice plus money price with the Capitals do you dare go down that road? Do they get the monkey off their back and finally um, not only get past the Eastern, get to these college, but get into the Stanley Cup finals? You know, Jeff, I'll, I'll be honest with you. This, to me, is the toughest series of the NHL playoffs to call. Um, sure. Yeah, the Capitals win the first two games convincingly on the road. Then they drop the next three just as convincingly and come back and steal game six. It's a tough one, man. I mean, it's it's at home in Tampa, which – I don't know that it gives them a huge advantage, but it denies the Capitals the advantage of being home. Um, I, I Tampa is the better team. I, I, I think that Tampa is the better team. Washington, I think, has that little extra motivational edge that they're this close now. They've never been here. They're right there on the doorstep of the finals. I, gun to my head, I'm probably going to take Tampa, but I really think the safest bet here is the under. Yeah, it uh, makes sense. I mean, obviously, game seven, you're going to be a lot more uh, protective. And, you know, but I always wanted to ask you this because you're a hockey guy. And, and you know, I, I can ask, you know, certain colleagues that I know at SBR, and, and, and I'd like to get multiple opinions. But 
and this is kind of random, and, and I really want you to think about this before you say yes or no, but I've always looked at hockey like I think it's so strikingly similar to soccer, like the way it, <laughs> like the way it's played. Like it's a it's a great great analogy. I, I've actually like, thought I of that. I, no one over the and no years. one ever brings it's, it up. Like it's no, but you're kind of exactly right. Um, it, it really is. A lot of times, hockey is a game of, you know, in, in comparison to soccer, it can kind of be a game of field position. You know, sometimes you're just trying to work the the, the ball upfield. Some same thing in hockey. Sometimes you're just trying to you know, make your way up or, or hold it back in your own end and, and, you know, run some time off. And yeah, I, I think it can be very similar and, you know, you, you pick and choose your spots and, and go for it. And the strategies can be similar too. like, we're sitting here talking about, you know, game seven is probably going to be an under because it's probably going to be a tighter game. You right. know, I, I think home. you've said the same yeah. thing about some of these, you know, uh, champions league and Europa league games where, you know, if if a team has a you know a two goal advantage heading into the second leg, well, it's probably going to be a little bit more of a defensive game for them. It, it's the same thing. You're absolutely right. It's strategy wise, it's very very similar. Yeah, and I mean again, like generally, you're you're always going to be on the front foot in hockey. You're trying to go forward, and and there's obviously stark differences. But you know, obviously, you're shooting at a goal, and you're you know you're you're you're, you're passing the ball short you know, ways and stuff like that. But I don't know. I always kind of looked at it like that, but um, also blackjack, what they ask you about this is something I thought about. Obviously the um, NBA has really struggled. I think in the last couple of years with some of the playoffs, I mean, they're not, they're not riveting. The mm-hmm. league is, is, at nope. a, is at a poor level. We've talked about that. Do, yep. do you think at some point, and, and I think this is what makes soccer the best sport as far as I'm concerned, as far as league uh, wise and, and worldwide they have obviously the relegation system, which is great. I mean, uh-huh. they, they don't reward bad teams. They don't say, listen, you're going to tag and we're going to make you better, or we're going to give you the best pick. No, if you go right. down, uh, you go down because you didn't play well and you have a, a, a fire under your ass to get better. Do you also think there should be some sort of, because it, there's no enticement. If you're the uh, Rockets down 40, it's just one game. You lose a game. There's no enticement. It doesn't hurt you. doesn't make you better. doesn't do anything. Why not do some sort of aggregate system, like point differential, like they do in, in, in like certain, because here's what I'll say, like something like this. You look at like, if you're down three nil in a, uh, in a um, Champions League game, if you're on the sure. road and you, and you can get a late goal, that's Big your help. away goal. So now, yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's, there's a reason late to play other than just you're screwing around and shooting bad shots for a quarter why don't do some sort of aggregate system where your point differential comes into play or, or something like, I don't know, Jeff. I mean, I, I think it's just kind of the way we do things here. I mean, I, you know, I think that's part of the reason why, I mean, look, I, I get what you're saying. I think the relegation system is, is uh, a, a very interesting one. And I kind of like it, um, you know, and in some ways what we do in, in pro sports in this country is ass backwards where we, we reward teams for being very bad by giving them, you know, this, this increased chance at getting high quality players in theory, that kind of goes against everything we, we are as a country. I mean, we're, you know, we say we're a meritocracy, but in, in sports, it's the opposite. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, it's, it's an interesting point you bring up because in the NBA playoffs, and I actually think again, comparing soccer to hockey, I think it would work beautifully in hockey, um, an aggregate system. Because sure. you talk about those road goals and things like that, that would be incredibly interesting to watch. You know, teams trying to score that late goal 
to get one on the board. And I think in hockey, it really works. I don't know that it works so much in basketball. Um, you know, basketball is such a game of runs back and forth. I, I don't know that, you know, because in theory, you could have a team, like you said, the Warriors win by 40, you know, but what if the Rockets wind up winning, you know, three games by a combined 13 points? I mean, how do you, how do you right. deal with that? Yeah, it, you know, it would but I think be in, a little easier in like in hockey or baseball or something like that. In, in, in hockey, I think it, it actually works really, really well. Um, and again, that goes to your point that they're similar games. Um, you know, but I, I don't know that basketball really, Jeff, they, they, they need to do something and I don't know what it is, but, but the product that they're putting out there is bad. I'm sorry. It just is. I, I don't know how you fix it. I don't know what the answer is. You know, they put the, the, the salary cap in place and, you know, they set the max contracts and, you know, they add these super max deals for teams to try to keep players. But at the end of the day, like, Players are leaving money on the table to go and play with who they want to. It's not solving the problem. And and the problem is that, you know, we've got this team in the Warriors that, don't get me wrong, they're an all-time team. And, you know, you and I 30 years from now are going to talk about the Golden State Warriors and how great they were. But it makes the NBA unwatchable because this game, for example, the Rockets were up seven at halftime to down ten at the end of the third. This game's over. This game is over. You look at this. You look at this game. Okay, it's it's such a microcosm of what the NBA is now. Okay, so in the first quarters, twenty eight nineteen. Second quarter, totally opposite, thirty four nineteen. Houston. Third quarter, thirty four seventeen. Golden State. I mean, how do you cap this game? These kind of games, like it's just like a, a coin flip. Like, well, I mean, I'll tell you how you cap it. Like, you, you cap it by betting Golden State because they're the best team in the league. That's why I did it. I laid the points because the but, only but question I have at this point is whether they're going to cover. They're going to win this game. They're not blowing a 10-point fourth quarter lead. You can count on one saying, hand. But, you know what I mean, though? I mean, it, it's, it, makes the, it makes watching this sport unbearable. Like, it just is awful to watch. And, and we've talked about this throughout the rounds in the playoffs. We talked about it in the regular season. You know, you have world-class athletes on the floor, and this is in no way disparaging them because they are incredible athletes. But how does this happen? The way this game is played and the rules that are set up are awful. Yes. No, I I agree totally. I don't know how it happens. I don't know how you just – one quarter play so great, next quarter play so bad. It's – and how do you continuously allow the same team every third quarter to just – you just crush you. I mean, this this Warriors team. You would think at some point, like a team would. I mean, how do you? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what you do. But it, they do it in every third quarter of. They are the best third quarter team in the NBA by a country mile, and yet nobody seems to be able to figure out. Hey, we really need to lock up the defense in the third quarter here. Like, the Rockets came out with a seven point lead and played like they were up by twenty, and they were just chucking threes. And that, that it isn't going to work, man. Steph Curry put 14 on the board in the third quarter. I mean, wh- what are you guys doing here? This is your season, and they look almost disinterested. Yeah, it's, it's very, very odd. I mean, amazing how just within 10 minutes it can, it can change like that. But um, if you want to call in, give us a call, 917-889-3290. Uh, a couple baseball scores to uh, keep up to date with here. Uh, the Astros are crushing uh, the Giants. Listen, fade Andrew Suarez. When you see the guy on the mound, bet against him. He cannot get right-handed hitters out. 
Uh, right-handers hitting 338 against them. More, it's actually higher to after tonight. And on the road, opponents hitting 368 against Suarez. He should be faded. Bet the team total against him every night. Uh, twins are crushing the Tigers. And you know what? You know what? I want to I want to call myself out right now. I want to say, you know what, Jeff? You know what, big men on campus? Sometimes you are a real fucking sharp guy. And I'm going to tell you why. Blackjack, how about this for sharp? Okay? And I know you're a sharp guy, so you can value something like this. How about laying 160, the Minnesota Twins tonight? I never lay above 145, but I'll tell you right goddamn now. How the hell was Lance Lynn laying 160 tonight against red-hot Matt Boyd? And I told you, regression was coming from Matt Boyd. His ex-FIP was high. His FIP was high. His ERA was a fraud. Matt Boyd stinks. He always will stink. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Twins stink. But I laid 160 with them tonight, and I look like a fucking genius for doing it. Lancelin has stunk all year. But why was that line 160? You're giving the Tigers and Matt Boyd a nice little plus money price? Get the hell out of here. Twins are rolling. I love it. There you go, man. Nice win. Shout out to me. And shout out to Blackjack for being Blackjack. Listen, let's get into another call here. Uh, what do we got? Go ahead, call. You're up. Hey there, Blackjack. This is Heart uh, of Boston here. How you doing? Hey, buddy. How you doing? Good. Hey, listen. I want to. Uh, I want to get your uh, your take on this. I feel as you know, you're uh, you're a smart guy here that kind of takes the um, these plays, and you're often looking at momentum. You're looking at um, you know, swings, you're looking at streaks. And w- what's your take on this? Sports psychology and trying to take on the, the momentum of teams and how they're doing, how much do you play in or take that in your plays when you're picking? I mean, look, it does matter. I mean, I think it matters more in certain spots than others. I don't think in the regular season it matters a hell of a lot, but in the playoffs it definitely does. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think, for instance, you, you look at – you know, you look at at, uh, at hockey, and you, you saw it with, with those Vegas teams. I mean, they would have games in, in each series that the opposing team just had to have. I mean, for the L.A. Kings, it was game three. With the Sharks, it was game five. The Jets, um, you know, it was game four. And when they win that game, you can tell it, it's just a backbreaker. I mean, it, it just is an absolute crusher of a loss. And so you kind of look at the next game and say, you know what? A lot of people are going to think, well, the Knights are on the road. The other team has to win. They're facing elimination, so they'll win. And you got Vegas at plus money in all three of those games, and they won all three of them. Because it's just mm-hmm. one of those things that you can tell. It's, it's just a backbreaker. You know where you see that, too? You see it a lot in college football. Um, and, Jeff, I don't know if you agree with this, but like you, you would see these teams come out you know, and have kind of these these losses that would really put an impact on their season. And then the next week, you know, like uh, let's say Michigan State loses a close game to Michigan and it, it really screws up their Big Ten chances. And then they're favored by, you know, 17 against Purdue next week. Well, maybe they'll win the game, but you're looking at a six-point game. You know, it's one of those things where if you kind of – it can be hard to rebound mentally off sure. certain situations. 
Well, I, I think it's a bad, you know, and it's a bad time in that season. I mean, you look at uh, you mentioned playoffs. Obviously, every game is important. Every game in college football is important. You lose one game if you're a Michigan, Michigan State, you're not going to to the Final Four. You're not going to that College Football playoff. So, you know, at, at any, you know, anything in life that you get that's disappointing, you know, if, if your dog dies, you're going to be probably pretty sad for a week or two. Um, it, it's any disappointing moment. I, I don't think that's any any surprise there, but. I, I think emotion is very important in college, momentum, that kind of stuff. I don't think emotion, unless it's like a really big playoff game or something. But, like, I remember last year someone tried to tell me that the, the Yankees were retiring Derek Jeter's jersey, and some guy tried to tell me that that was motivating yeah, towards the Yankees, no. and they were going to win. Like, Listen, that's, that's asinine, hard. and that stuff doesn't motivate yeah. anybody. But, like, we're, we're looking at this, this Warriors-Rockets series hard Boston, and, like, sure. This yep. is a game the Rockets were up at halftime, on the road, could even the series. If the, the flame, Rockets yeah. lose this game, the Rockets are going to lose game five. They're going to lose game five. The, sure. it, it, you're not going to bounce back from this. You had this game in hand. You gave and it even away. even if they do, they'll go to game six and lose that. And, and I mean, okay. it's just one of those things where, like, you lost by 40 in game three. You had game two, game uh, four in hand, and you gave it away you're not going to come back in game five because Golden State now knows they got you. Like, they, they've got you. And, and, and same with, uh, you know, with momentum and emotion. I mean, I mean look at uh, Steph Curry. You know, you got the, you, you got the media just, just putting him through the gauntlet saying, has he lost his shot? Has he lost this? And he goes for, what, 28 points in the third quarter. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of playing off that and, and seeing that, I mean, it's just it's clickbait out there. I mean, that that example you gave with the with the Yankees that is just that's that's bogus. But I think I think it's it's so important, and then especially um, to, Carter, to speak media, on this. The sports media is based off jargon. I mean, you watch first yeah. take every morning. I mean, the, the story is absolutely oh. ridiculous. I mean, every every night it's oh my god, the sky's falling, and how can we get a story out of this? I mean, it's. It's tough. I mean, I, I can't lie and tell you. Like, I do a morning show every morning, and it's hard to come up with, like, storylines to talk about sometimes. I get what they do, but some of the stuff is nauseating to talk about. It's like, I mean, wh- where do you come up with this shit? And how does it matter? Yeah, and then, then and then like, to – and also to speak, um, I mean, to that. I mean, like, with, you know, with Skip Bayless, and, I mean, you got Chuck, and, you know, they're, they're – I mean, they're just as much actors as they are – Right. you know, sports writers. And, yeah, you know, sure. once you, once sure. you hit the big stage, you're, you're looking at, you know, bigger things, but I mean, and, uh, but I digress there. My final point here is, um, you know, with, with, uh, sports betting becoming, becoming legal and we're talking live, uh, live betting. I think that's another thing to kind of mm-hmm. watch out for when it comes to momentum swings and kind of using that emotion of the game. I think that would be incredible of if, if there's some way that, someone can come in to really kind of put some analytics to live sports betting using the yeah. momentum of the game. I mean, someone could cash in big time. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. And again, it's going to be more in certain sports really than others. Hard. What's that? That would be really hard to do though. Like how would you really, like you would have to come up with like every situation for like every, well, I think there are certain spots where it works better than others, and I'll give an example that's not a great one because it didn't pan out. But if you remember back in the AFC divisional round with the Steelers and Jaguars, you know, the Jaguars kind of opened that game up on fire, and then the Steelers clawed their way back in, got that score right before halftime, 
that's an example that. where you look at that and think, all right, the Steelers just scored before halftime. They're getting the ball in the third quarter to start. This is the swing. Like, this is it. And that's, that would be a logical play. I mean, the Steelers pissed that game away any number of ways, but that's a cir- cir- circumstance where what you're talking about would come into play where you can look at that and say, okay, you know, this team's jumping on it. You know, if you're looking at a hockey game and a team scores a goal late in a period, you know, to tie it or get within one, maybe you jump on that because that kind of gives you momentum now going into the next period. Circumstances like that, I, I think it works, but you're going to have to pick your spots because – um, you know, you're going to have a lot of people jumping on, on different but I, stuff. But I think, Black, the only way to feasibly bet live, and, and this is maybe maybe you have a different point of view here, but the only way you can bet live and make a lot of money and do it like at a high rate is at the casino, you put money in your account, and you're just touch screening stuff. It's too it, – it, I don't know that it's possible yeah. to do it yeah. at a high level from your computer. The one thing I wonder, though, is do you ever think like – Maybe those TVs are running a little slower than they should. Like, do you ever think that? Like, <laughs> like uh, hey, you know that uh, that that, I mean, that fourteen know. that fourteen second delay helps wardrobe malfunction well, live. Like, you, when I was in Vegas uh, last two weeks ago, and I was watching the Warriors Pelicans, and uh, I was sitting there with with Preston and Jeff Slaughter in the sports book at South Point, and we were waiting for the halftime lines to come up on the Warriors and Pelicans. And, man, it must have been a solid seven, eight minutes after the half ended before they put those lines up. Halftime's only 15 minutes. I mean, you go to you go to the bathroom or to get a drink or something, you might miss the chance to put that bet in. Yeah, I, I think the only way to line bet, you know, line bet is through Vegas where you can touch your, you know, go quick. You got to be quick with it. Um, that's the only way to get the best number. But, hey, uh, good call, man. That was a good question. It's a really good call. Hey, and I uh, hey, appreciate it. And uh, speaking of Vegas, let's go Golden Knights. Keep up the good work, Blackjack, and all the That's right, team. baby. Thanks, brother. I'll talk all to right, you later. Right. Sam, man. Uh, good call by that guy. Um, Blackjack, uh, also, uh, did you get? Did you bet WNBA tonight? No? Yeah? I did not. No, I, I, uh, I laid off tonight. It, it, you know, the thing I'll say this about WNBA, Jeff, is as, as good as it can be, sometimes the line movement gets a little too crazy on you, and you just got to yeah. lay off it. Like, and that's what I happened did. tonight. It, it can get I got a little. Yeah, I got a little, I got a little trigger happy here. I took, uh, I took the Mystics tonight. I mean, I just, you know, aces suck. I mean, like, yeah, they're bad. I was like, you know, like, why, why not just lay it? I mean, they're at home. They should crush. I mean, but it didn't go my way. A um, couple other things, then we'll get into the NBA draft stuff. Um, uh, D. Gordon out for a period of time for the Seattle Mariners. That's a tough loss because now D. Gordon out, obviously Rob Cano's out. Um, that That's two big hitters up at the top of your lineup that you have to do it out. Cleveland crushes the Cubs tonight. Tyler Chatwood yeah, absolutely wrecked uh, 10-1. Game goes over to number, obviously. Um, I was wrong on this one. I took the Angels tonight. Uh, Garrett Richards gave him a little credit, fucks me in the first inning, gives up five runs. They didn't give up any runs the rest of the game, but um, you get in a hole like that, Blackjack, uh, you're not going to get out of it. Um, Rockies have tied it up 2-2 uh, out in uh, out in L.A. I do have the Rockies tonight. Um, why Brock Stewart's laying 145? Not really sure. Uh, I'll take the plus money. We'll see how that goes. Um, and I had the under in the Diamondback Brewer game, uh, Chassine and Coke, which we talked about. Um, also, quickly, 
What a surprise, Blackjack. The Phillies, um, or the Braves win tonight. Um, I bet them last night. They couldn't win. But tonight, of course, they uh, got the Yeah, I had the Braves tonight. Yeah, nice call. Great, great job. They had a couple opportunities to really blow that game open. The bases loaded no outs, and they didn't score was pretty brutal. Uh, Luckily, luckily they got the job done, though. Um, Blackjack, let's talk a little NBA draft. We've talked about a couple of the first few picks here. And what we're going to do is we're going to obviously – kind of trade off here, do our own kind of little mock. I've already done my full 60-player mock, which I'm going to change around because I obviously need to see who's going to stay in the draft and who's not. But, you know, we'll, you know, as it gets closer, we'll make some changes. And I will make this clear. I am probably going to go to the draft um, up in Brooklyn. So, uh, Blackjack, uh, maybe I can see you there. Uh, maybe I'll take you or something. I don't know. Uh, we need that red, uh, that red overcoat maybe in uh, the Barclays for that night. The red sequins, um, yeah. Yes. Uh, so we'll give you the first pick, Blackjack. Phoenix Suns uh, definitely need a point guard, definitely need a big. Um, what are you doing at number one? What do you think the Suns will do at number one? Well, I'm going to do what I would do rather than what I think they will do because, um, you know, I, I, I'm running these teams tonight. Um, yes. I am going to take Luka Doncic, number one. Um, and I'm going to do it because I think he's a better fit with Booker. Uh, I like Jackson. And I think that they still have Dragon Bender down low. I think that with Kokoskov being the head coach, obvious ties to Doncic, I think maybe they can hit the ground running a little earlier. I am going to take Luka Doncic, number one. Yeah, and I think the great thing about Mox, at least for these two picks, is it's going to be one or the other. I mean, if if they take Doncic, you know, the the Sacramento Kings will take Aiton. I agree with you. I would take Doncic as well. I think it's a great fit for them. I think, like you said, with Booker. And we've seen, you know, guard play wins. I mean, you look at all the great teams, they all have great guard play. And those two, with Josh Jackson, and, you know, are they ready to give up on Bender? You, you also have the 16th pick. You can go out and get a Robert Williams type there. So, yeah, I agree. I would take Doncic. But uh, number two um, is my pick. I, I would go, obviously, with Aiton here. Um, I just haven't seen enough from Willie Cauley-Stein and, and some of the others. I mean, the Costa Kufuses of the world. Um, this would be a big-time pick for Vladi Divac. Uh, not yep. even he can screw up. You throw him in there with Scalabichier, uh, Zach Randolph, Harry Giles. Uh, you get yourself a DeAndre Ayton. And now all of a sudden, now you can work a little bit better because you have Buddy Heald already. You have De'Aaron Fox. Yep. I think the kick would be absolutely – you're ecstatic if he would fought a number two. I think it'd be Agreed. a great fit for them. Agreed. Uh, number three with the Atlanta Hawks. I, I'm going with Marvin Bagley uh, at this spot. I think Bagley a few years from now, we're going to look at like a Kevin Durant type player. I think he is outstanding. I think he can play down low. He can play on the perimeter. Um, you know, I, I love Bagley a lot. So uh, with the Hawks, I'm going to take Marvin Bagley the third. Great pick. That's what I had as well. Uh, four, um, Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, this team needs a lot of help. I mean, this team has started um, a ton of different players over the years. Um, but I'm going Jaron Jackson here, pairing him with Marcus Gasol. Um, you have some young players in Andrew Harrison and Chandler Parsons, Dylan Brooks, Tyreek Evans. Um, I think this is the best pick here. He's a great defender, big kid with room to grow. Um, I think it's best player available. Pair him with Marcus Gasol, you get a nice little one-two punch up front. Uh, they need a lot of help, though. So, um, for me, I don't see them going guard this early. I would go Jaron Jackson at four to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, we've got number five here, the Dallas Mavericks. 
look, the Mavericks have Dennis Smith Jr., who's a nice piece. Um, I, I think that he's he played really well in his rookie year for them. They've long needed help in the front court. Um, I think this pick – I personally think the Mavericks, I think you called it uh, last week, Jeff, I think they'll probably go Mo Bamba, but I am going to go Wendell Carter. Uh, I like him a little bit better. I think he's a little more polished offensively. I think his jumper is better than, than Bamba's. And I think he may even be able to develop a three-point shot. Uh, I'm going to take Wendell Carter for the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. Um, no, listen, I, I think you flip-flop them and, and the Bulls. I think you know, they'll take either. Like you said, I, I do have Bama going here. I just think he's the best defensive player in this draft. He, he is a little bit green around the gills offensively, but I think that's only going to improve. Um, I think he's a Rudy Gobert type of player. Uh, but, I, look, I think that's a very good pick as well. Uh, Orlando Magic are up next. Um, I, I think they need guard play very badly. Uh, they, they have who I think was is a pretty good player, Nick Vucevic, good rebounder. Aaron Gordon, nice player. Um, I think you got to go point guard here. I think you go to best point guard in the draft, Colin Sexton. Uh, throw him in there. Um, he's going to immediately make your team better. He's got a great basketball acumen, a good kid a total cold-blooded killer on the court, but a good kid off the court. Um, I, I think he's he's phenomenal. I loved him at Pebble Brook High School down in uh, in Georgia. I love him. I loved him at Alabama. I love him at Orlando. Uh, that's a great pick. Go with the best point guard in the draft. Sure. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he is. Uh, the Chicago Bulls at number seven. I'm going to take Michael Porter Jr. in this spot. Um, I think that you look at what the Bulls did last year, Chris Dunn showed some promise. Lowry Markinen, uh, I think, played very well as a rookie. You have Zach Levine, um, Bobby Portis. I think you take a shot here on Porter. You talked about this before, Jeff. He, or before the season started, many regarded as the best player in this draft. He has the back problems. Obviously, this is based upon him, you know, passing any physicals and any medical exams. But if he does and he looks healthy, I think you take a shot on him because he may turn out to be an absolute star and the Bulls may be able to snag him at number seven. Yeah. I mean, that would really work for them. I, I think, um, I think the Cavs would be really pissed off about that, but I think obviously back to you want to make the point here that we're going to go ahead and assume that LeBron James stays in Cleveland. Let's just assume he does. We'll, we'll leave current rosters yeah. the way they are. Yeah. Um, obviously in this draft um, at, at number eight, Listen, I, I think if, if, if they take Porter, I, I would go with Muhammad Bamba at this pick. Um, they need to improve defensively. That's a major issue. Um, obviously, you have LeBron running the show there. I think Bamba, you could th- throw into that four uh, spot. You make him play, you know, kind of more as a center, but you know, maybe flip-flop him and Kevin Love. He plays the five. Kevin plays the four. Um, you, you need a defender. You need to get better defensively if you're the Cavs. And I think with you know, kind of the way LeBron is, I think you would compliment Bamba pretty well. Um, they need a rim protector, a shot blocker. Mo Bamba could be that for them. Uh, but I think they really would like um, Michael Porter. But unless yeah. if he's there, they'll take him. If not, I think it's Bamba. This brings us to the New York Knicks at number nine. And How about um, that? <laughs> I'm going to make this pick because the Knicks rarely seem to get the draft right, with the exception of Kristaps Porzingis. Um, I'm going to say they take Trey Young. It feels like a Knicks pick. feels like they go for the guy who's the glitzy guy, who's the big name, who can come and, and fill it up in, in Madison Square Garden. And look, I will say this about Trey Young. 
Um, he caught a lot of heat at the end of the year. I don't really criticize Trey Young a lot because if you watched him play, and, and I, Jeff, I know you and I did because we were in on a lot of Oklahoma games, either on them in the beginning of the year or against yes. them at the end. Trey Young, more often than not, did make the right pass. His teammates can't hit open shots. I mean, they just could not make open baskets. They had no and help. so, and, and then at the end of the year, once defenses are just keyed in on him, I mean, what is he supposed to do? That won't happen in the NBA. I don't know that I love how his game translates, but I think the Knicks, if he's on the board and Sexton is gone, I think the Knicks go Trey Young. Yeah, I, actually, I, that would be the you know the pick I would make secondarily. I think there's a better pick for them. But listen, they need guard play badly. I mean, they need that. I mean, you look at last year. This team shot 35% from three. We know Trey Young could fill it up. I don't hate their front court. I like Porzingis, obviously. I oh, like Canner. I, I like I like Brooklyn. Michael. I agree. Yeah, they they I do agree. need some guard play. And that's, I that's, would that's personally a good rather have you. Bridges, but I think they go Trey Young. Yeah, and, and leave this to the Sixers at ten. Um, this is a perfect pick. If Mikel Bridges is there, I think they'd absolutely uh, come in their pants. I'm all over Bridges here in our draft. You slide him into that three spot. Robert Covington is not a starter in this league. I know you paid him like he was. He's not a starter. Bellinelli's gone. Uh, Ursan Ilyasova's probably expendable and going to go be leave. Redick, I think, is gone as well. You need a knockdown shooter. And I, for one, think Mikael Bridges is the second-best defender in this draft, especially from that 2-3 position. Uh, if Bridges was there, that would be beautiful for this team. Um, give, give me Bridges if, if he's there uh, for the Sixers at 10. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think that would be an outstanding pick for them. Um, That brings us to the Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets have a new GM, a new head coach. There was talk during the season about them trading Kemba Walker. Uh, I think it may be that they move on from him with a new regime in place there. Having said that, I think they go point guard, and I think they go Shea Gilgis-Alexander out of Kentucky. Hmm. Good pick. Very good pick, actually. Um, I like that selection. Uh, Clippers are up next. They have some obvious holes to fill. I don't hate uh, their front court either. I like Tobias Harris, DeAndre Jordan. I think you have something down the road in Sedaris, Dormo, Lou Williams, and obvious score, but you prefer him off the bench. I think you need point guards here. Um, a lot of the good ones are off the board. They have two picks in a row here, so this will be fun, you and I, Blackjack, to decide where they go. I'm going to go with a little bit of European flavor here. Um, I have a feeling. Um, I'm going to go – do I want to do this? Do I, what do I want to do here? I'm, I'm, I'm unsure where I want to go here. I'll tell you what. I go – I'll go Miles Bridges here. I, I think he can really give you a <laughs> – That was – yeah. 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 I, I wanted to go point guard, and I think that would be the way to go if it's your pick. Um, you know, Patrick Beverly coming off an injury, even like a, a, a combo guard or something. But I think Miles Bridges can fill that three. He can give you minutes right away. Good defender. Still a little green, but I like Bridges a lot. I would go Bridges here probably. I think so too. I, I think they if Bridges slides to 12, I think you have to take him there. Um, at 13 with the Clippers, I, I'm going to stick in that spot. I'm going to go Kevin Knox. Um, I think if he's on the board at 13, you almost have to take him. Um, he's, he's a a very, very talented kid. I mean, you know, there's a little, we talked about this last night, I think with him, 
you know, about uh, the question maybe about his motor or, you know, his, his body size. But I think when you look at the talent he's got at number 13, you know, I think this draft is very deep, Jeff, and it kind of goes – I think there is a slight fall-off after this point, though. And, and I think mm-hmm. Kevin Knox is kind of the, the last of that top, top-tier talent. I would take Kevin Knox at number 13. Yeah, no, I like Kevin Knox. I think he'll go around that 10 to 13 range. Good pick. Um, number uh, 13's net, or number 14's next to Denver Nuggets. Um, I think you have to go with a guy that has really shot up draft boards, had a great tournament. Um, I think he could be a J.R. Smith type of player. I would go Zaire Smith here to Denver out of Texas Tech. A high flyer, good bass by Q. Can kind of play multiple positions. Um, can finish around the rim, good screener. I like Zaire Smith a lot. He's flown up draft boards, got pretty good size. I think the Nuggets really need a two-guard. Will Barton's a nice player, but he's not a starter anymore in this league. Pair him with Jamal Murray, Zaire Smith. You have a pretty damn good team so far out in Denver. I go Zaire Smith to the Nuggets. Yeah, I think that's a really nice play there for them. Um, That brings us to the Washington Wizards. Look, the Wizards have have two ball-dominant guards in Wall and Beal. Um, You know, if we're assuming that they're both there, which they most likely will, I think you have to look elsewhere to get rid of Marcin Gortat. I don't know whether they'll be able to or not, but I think you need to look to the front court for the Wizards. Um, And if you're doing that at the 15 spot, I think you have to go um, with Robert Williams. Uh, I think he's I think he's the best player left at this point at that position. He showed in the NCAA tournament that he can he can really be a force. Um, you know, his defense can certainly uh, change games at points. Um, you know, I, I think he needs to work a little bit on, on kind of sustaining his effort night in and night out. But, you know, his body works in the NBA. I would take Robert Williams for the Wizards. Yeah, you make a great point, especially at the big position. After about you know Robert Williams, you're really seeing a big drop off with uh, bigs. I mean, it's really interesting how how kind of far they go down uh, once you know Williams is off the board. Uh, Suns are up next. Obviously, you have to go big here. I would. I, I don't want to take a shot, but I think you need to take a shot here because I think with the combination of everything he has. People aren't going to know who this guy is, but if you followed high school basketball, he was a top 10 recruit. He didn't end up going to uh, West Kentucky. I've heard comparisons to Serge Ibaka. Everything he does are really good in the post. I would go with Mitchell Robinson here uh, out of, uh, out of uh, high school. I mean, he committed. He didn't play. Um, he re- basically worked on his game all, all offseason. And I got to tell you, Blackjack, if I was a kid at this age – I wouldn't. I, I don't know that I would play in college. I think you can gain so much more for playing overseas or, or with, you know, having trainers and stuff like that. Work on stuff that's going to matter, not, you know, 8,000 other teammates, you know, doing their own thing. Work on yourself. Get yourself prepared. This is a big, big individual. I could see Surge down the road. I think they desperately need a big. Uh, make Dragon Bender and Chris work a little bit. I'd do a Mitchell Robbins here. I'd take the McDonald's All-American here at – uh, number 16. You there, Blackjack? I think we lost Blackjack. Blackjack, are you there? 
I think we lost Blackjack. I, I heard him there, and, and I, now I don't hear him. So uh, I guess we'll uh, hope to have him back. Blackjack, you there? We lost him. Did he fall asleep? All right, he's coming back. We lost him for a second. So we'll just hang and wait for him here. Uh, if you want to join us, we'd love to call you. We'd love to hear from you. Um, give us a call, 917-889-3290. Got about 37 minutes left. We're making a nice pace here on our little mock draft. Uh, if you will, fun little time here. Uh, also, just to um, let everyone know, uh-oh, Houston is up three. They've come back. Um, we're also tied out in the Dodger Stadium, 2-2, top of the fourth. Um, what else do we have going on here in baseball? Uh, Mariners Athletics, uh, that game is uh, 2-0 out in Oco. Athletics up 2-0, Tim Cahill against Michael Leak. Uh, we talked about some of the games that are already uh, over. Uh, White Sox beat the Orioles 3-2, uh, and the Royals beat the Cardinals 5-1. Uh, Rockies are threatening, by the way. Uh, they do have a uh, man on second with two outs. Uh, Brock Stewart against Chad Bettis. Um, Blackjack, are you there? I am. I hey, am. Hey, Technical hey, difficulties. All good. All good. Uh, so we finished up with the 16th pick. I would go Mitchell Robinson out of uh, Chalmette High School, West Kentucky. He committed there. Uh, what do you like here with the 17th pick and the Milwaukee Bucks? Yeah, it's an interesting pick, Jeff, um, because, you know, they're a team obviously with a lot of length, a lot of talent with Giannis there. They add Mike Budenholzer. I, I'm going to take a little bit of a shot here, and it may be a bit of a reach. You know, uh, you talked about someone who had a good tournament, a good combine. I'm going to go with Dante DiVincenzo here. I think they desperately need shooting around Giannis. I think Jabari Parker is a, is a restricted free agent. Maybe you don't want to spend the money to sign him. He hasn't shown you a hell of a lot. Maybe instead of spending the money on him, you use the draft pick on a kid like DiVincenzo and uh, see if he can give you that extra scoring punch that you so desperately need. Interesting pick. Really interesting pick. I mean, DiVincenzo has shot up draft boards as we've uh, talked about. That's an interesting pick by you, Blackjack. Uh, I don't hate it, though. I I like the thought process. Um, Spurs are up next. And, uh, you know, obviously I think you need to start to look towards what do you do if Kawhi Leonard doesn't come back? Because if he comes back, you're obviously in a good good shape. The lack of bigs in this draft, especially at this spot, aren't good. You have two guys in Ginobili and Parker who are very old. Um, if, and this is a guy that many people won't remember, but I, I will tell you this. I think he has got real potential it, at the next level, especially from a defensive standpoint. I think he could be a Drew Holiday type of player. I'm going uh, Kyrie Thomas out of Creighton. Uh, here to the okay. Spurs at 18. Um, I think he's a really good basketball player. Great stroke. Um, you know, not a great size-wise for that two position, but I think he can really do a lot of good things. He was a great defender there. He can get to the rim with unconscionable ability. Uh, I like this kid a lot. I think he's a late bloomer that really will do some good things. And I think he really fits down at San Antonio. Uh, he's a good kid, smart kid. Um, really will work hard and, and get better, uh, and will use his body well to really do kind of everything he needs to do with uh, the Western Conference. I would go Kyrie Thomas here. Uh, you need to get some depth around 
um, some of the young guys they have there. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's absolutely true. They they desperately need it. Um, number nineteen, the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks kind of need a little bit of everything at this point. Um, I mean, there's there's not a lot they don't need. Um, there's talk about Dennis uh, Schroeder asking for a trade. Whether that happens or not, who knows? Um, I'm going to go with a kid here that I actually really like a lot. Uh, you, you'll know when I say it, Jeff. I liked him a lot during the year. I thought he was a really good player, and uh, I think he'll be effective in the NBA if not an all-star, I'm going to take Aaron Holiday for the Atlanta Hawks. Hmm. Yeah, great bloodlines there as well. Uh, both his brothers play in the NBA. Yeah, I, listen, I, I went Landry Shamet personally, but I think you don't go wrong with either. Uh, I think they're two really good players. I think both will do well at the next level. Um, that's interesting, all-star, wow. Um, he'll either be like his brother Drew or his brother Justin. Uh, take your pick on who you would like to mirror your game off of, Blackjack Fletcher. Um, I would prefer... I would prefer Drew, but uh, hey, uh, who knows? Um, good kid there. I like him a lot. Um, as far as the number 20 pick, the Timberwolves, really interesting pick here because you have a team in, in flux, but you have a team that has got a lot of good pieces. You know, Taj Gibson and Towns and Wiggins. Jeff Teague, obviously a good point guard. Jimmy Butler. Um, I think you draft, you draft for depth here. A guy that can come in and be a six-man for you. Um, and I think a guy that will fit well. I know this kid well. I'm friends with his uncle. He's from my area. I saw him in high school. Great kid, smart guy, nice person, and a great basketball player. I would go Lonnie Walker here out of the great Reading, Pennsylvania, Reading High School stand-up. Go Lonnie Walker. Play the two down at Minnesota. I think he'd fit. He's electric, high-flying. I think he fits with that team really well. Yeah, I, I like Lonnie Walker a lot there. Um, very good prospect. The Utah Jazz at number 21. Look, you've got Donovan Mitchell there, Ricky Rubio, Rudy Gobert. I think there's a kid in this draft that, that should go around this range, Jeff, that is a perfect fit for them. And I Can I guess Cameron here? Okay. I was going to go. I was going to guess because I had a feeling I knew where you were going here. Because I know you liked this team during the year. I thought you'd go Troy Brown out of Oregon, but that's I a good thought pick. about Troy Brown still on the board. But I love Hutchison at this spot. Um, mm-hmm. I think that he's someone that can come in and can play off the ball a little bit. I think he's a guy that comes in and helps this team right off the bat. He fits what they do very, very well. I think that he's a great fit for what Quinn Snyder and the Jazz do in Utah. I would go with uh, Chandler Hutchison at this spot. Good pick. Um, I like him a lot. Great player, Boise State. Just a great scorer. Uh, I had him, you know, in the more middle, but this is a great spot for him as well. Uh, the Bulls, you had them taking Michael Porter uh, to play the three there uh, or yep. the two. Really depends. Um, where you go from here, I think you got to look towards maybe a big. Um, I, I'll tell you, this might be a bit of a reach because I don't know. Uh, he Maybe he'll go back to school. I don't know. Um, I, it could obviously be something that I hope Jay Wright thinks. Um, I would maybe look towards an Omari Spellman here. Um, Omari Spellman obviously can come in and play you know, that four or five for you. Look, Robin Lopez is getting older. Um, you kind of pair him with Laurie Markinen and, and Michael Porter. I mean, how about a how about a uh, front court of Markinen, Omari Spellman, and and Porter? Uh, it sounds pretty good to me yeah. with Chris Dunn and Levine. 
Um, I, I like that front court there. I would go towards maybe Amari Spellman. If he goes back to school, you know, maybe a March Wagner or Jonte Porter, but I would look towards Spellman if he's in this class. Yeah, I, I Spellman's definitely a talented kid. He showed it in the tournament, I mean, every time out. Um, that brings us to the Indiana Pacers at number 23. I'm going to take a little bit of a flyer if I'm the Pacers here. They had a very good season, much better than anyone expected. And I'm going to take a little bit of a flyer on a kid that we didn't see a ton of, well, we didn't see anything out of. Um, but I think he could be very, very talented, and that's Anthony Melton out of USC. Uh, I think that this kid, you know, he had the problems with USC's investigation with the FBI and all that. Completely shafted. It's, it's a shame he, he got shafted. It is. Related. It is. But he's, I mean, he's got good size for the NBA. He's very good on the defensive end of the ball. Um, I I kind of like the Anthony Melton, especially because they wouldn't need him to score a ton right off the bat. Um, he could kind of find his way into that because the Pacers have some scoring punch as it is. I think that he would be a, a really nice player in their second unit. That's a really good pick. I like it a lot, actually. I actually went Jalen Brunson there. Uh, I thought he'd be a good pick for them. But, um, no, I think that's a good pick nonetheless. Blackjack, let's hold that thought. We'll hold it off with um, the Blazers, and I'll make that pick coming up. Uh, but let's speak to uh, – who do we have here? Oh, Rob Job. Go ahead, Rob Job. Draymond Green and shut that mouth up. Dude, was there anything sweeter than watching a guy get posterized twice and once by the rim? Not really, and now, no. <laughs> and it happened to Draymond Green. Could happen to a better guy. There, Agreed. There isn't too many in people in sports that I dislike just with all my being. And, you know, back in the day – uh, big man, when you and Donnie were having call-ins, I pretty angry about Draymond. He he's just a guy that he bugs everything. He's not like people talk about bad boys like Bill Lambeer, or like Dennis Rodman, but they didn't argue to the official nonstop he, all day. He, every he, every oh, time he there's a foul, yeah, every, every he, he's never committed a foul, and every time he's been touched, it is a foul. Listen, I, I agree with you. He's one of those guys that when he's on your team, you love him. When he's not on your team, you absolutely hate him. I kind of equate him to back in the 90s when the Knicks had, like, Anthony Mason. He was kind of that kind of guy that, you know, if you were a Knicks fan, you loved Anthony Mason. If you were an opposing fan, you absolutely despised him. Um, well, but, yes, you know, Anthony I, Mason was, you know, the guys, you're, you're roughing people up, you're playing hard. But Anthony Mason wasn't whining up and down the court nonstop. It's it's. I don't know, Rob Zom. I think you may have what? a little bit of rose-colored glasses on because I remember Bill Lambeer used to whine his ass off to the referees. I mean, <laughs> well, okay, but it's it's ne- but it's never ended with this guy. Year after year, he just never stops. Like I really like. I hate the Warriors, but I really like Clay Thompson. He kind of shrugs his shoulders. You say something. I'm just not real. It, just play. Get yeah. on with the game. Yeah, I think that Clay Thompson is probably the most uh, likable of this bunch. Uh, he's kind of yes. the most blue collar, soft spoken of them. I, I mean, I like, I like the, the, this, the, the stop the complaint. I mean, it just, he is, he's just the worst of the worst. And watching him get stuffed by the rim today, really just brought a little joy, joy to my eye. I mean, <laughs> I know you might have been on the Warriors. I apologize for that, but they're just good. <laughs> Really, really, just brings joy in my heart. Uh, 
Hey, big man, I heard you earlier uh, blasting off about the about the twins. Uh, dude, are yeah. you you know my? Uh, did you? I mean, are you following my lines or something? You know, the twins no. is in baseball. I have, you know, I bet everything lines in the twins. That line is yeah, one of the more solid any... you can take. In, yeah, it didn't make in sense. MLB. Right, you had a bad pitcher that no one wanted to bet on against a team that you know had been playing okay and um, had a pitcher that was regressed regressing to the mean. Listen, it's very simple. If you have an ERA that's good. And an XFIP that's high, that means you've been on, you've been very lucky, and that you're going to get crushed sooner or later. Um, I don't think Matt Boyd's a good pitcher. I don't think he's ever been one, and I didn't think that was going to last. Yeah, I don't ever lay numbers that high, but it didn't make any sense, not at all. Yeah, it's it's a, that line is in four years has never lost throughout the whole season of baseball, ten units or more every year. Also, the line on Matt Harvey very strong. I yes, always take agreed. that, and and I actually have a pretty. It would take a while to discuss it, but there's a reason why that line is strong. Not just because it moved down; it's where it started. You know, these are the Rob Job lines, but and also a run line on the Rangers was another thing I looked for, plus one and a half. Good work. Anyway, enough about yeah, enough about my baseball crap, dude. The World Cup is going down. Yeah. Is is the World Cup? You know. From you know, I actually listen to uh, you know team bankroll and stuff, and I don't, I can't even wager on soccer because if I can't take a lot of those plays, you know that you you got for the books where both teams to score, you just feel like you're missing out. Right. And uh, but I listen to the show, and I love, I'm just, I love hearing Natalie's voice. It just calms me down sometimes. <laughs> and <laughs> and she's got to be like the sweetest person of all time. I mean, I don't know she if you're is. ever going to meet her. She, she is. Like Donna said, he met her, and she, she has to be just a sweetheart. I've worked with her for a while. She's very good. She's very uh, professional. Uh, she's very well-spoken. Um, yeah, no, she's been a great host. She's done a nice job with that show. She's really built it up. Yeah, and anyway, like, you know, March Madness is, is like, you know, the mecca for college basketball. Everyone's going crazy. Do people – you guys wager on soccer all the time is – I mean, is the World Cup the mecca, or is it just are you having games on five TVs nonstop? Uh, I, I, I don't think – to me, no. I, I don't know if it's the mecca. I think for most sport, soccer bettors, the ones that, you know, don't bet on it really ever, I think for them it probably is because it's interesting, it's fun. Um, but, no, I mean, I think the, the best value you can find is on a Saturday card in, you know, January or February. You, you know, I, I think there's – for, for the hardcore soccer people, it's way better. You know, there's a lot more value. I mean, as you know, in big sporting events, you're going to have the public betting it. It's more kind of, um, you know, all over the place. You know, anything could happen. Yeah, it would be the Mecca. It's probably the best sporting event as far as the sport's concerned. But, you know, I prefer some of the smaller tournaments, the Euro. Um, I'm a big European soccer guy. So, you know, some of these teams, I don't, you know, I don't know what, like, some of these smaller teams, like Panama, I, I don't watch Panama. I know they're bad, but Costa Rica, those kind of sides. But, yeah, it is definitely the Mecca, but I think it's also watered down a bit as well where, you know, and, and I think it's also important to mention, and I mentioned this last night, no team with higher odds than 12 to 1 has ever won the World Cup. So it's very favorite-based. There's five or six teams that are going to win. It's like NASCAR. Five or six guys are going to race, and they're generally going to be the ones that win. Everyone else, it's really just an afterthought. 
Yeah. Well, you know, you talk about like Brazil and Germany being just, you know, yeah. pretty strong favorites. How come? Because you know, I've heard heard you guys say that you think the Champions League is the best league in the world, or just yeah. the best away draw. Because how come England doesn't have an amazing team if the Champions League is just, you know, the nuts? Because because you got to remember, the Champions League are club teams. You can get a player from any country. It doesn't matter where they're from. If you buy them, you have them. England is oh, – really? they have to play – yes. The Champions League are club side. So you, you have players from all over the world on different teams. You have Nigerians. You have Saudis. You have Egyptians. You have Polish. You have all sorts of players. Huh. Uh, England, you can only play on England's team if you're English. Um, so, unfortunately – um, while they have some very good players, most of the great soccer players from a nation standpoint are going to come from Brazil, Germany, Spain, um, Argentina, some of the South American countries. Uh, club teams like Real Madrid or whoever in the Champions League, that's a mixture of them all. Oh, I didn't know that the Champions League had all those had players yes. from all over the world. The World Cup is only the only time, Euro, World Cup, that's the only time you're going to see uh, the nations being represented. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, I didn't know that. There you and go. you nice. remember a while back you were talking about uh, there was a player, you said it might be the biggest wager that I make of my life about a player being the leading scorer on his yeah. team or of the tournament. Yes. Is, uh, is, what? I mean, is, what are we, are we still talking about that, or what's? Uh, that... Well, again, I, I'm not sure if I said it, it would be the biggest wager. It would be a wager I'd make, but I'll tell you why well, I pulled off it a bit. Here, I'm gonna tell you why okay. I pulled off it quickly. The guy's name is Mohamed Salah, forty to one. Um, the reason why I pulled off it is the difference between country and club. He plays for Liverpool. Liverpool has arguably the greatest attack in the world. They score goals. They have great midfielders. They have great positional players to get you the ball when you need it as a striker. Um, Egypt does not. Egypt is not a country rich with a ton of your uh, acumen from a football perspective. They have good players, but they're not going to get them the ball the way Liverpool was. When you're looking at top goal scorer markets in the World Cup particularly, you A, want to look towards teams that are going to go far in the tournament. B, they score a lot of goals. And C, are they going to be able to set up the striker to score. You're going to want to go with a striker, a guy in the front that's going to score goals. Very simple. That's why Italy was so good back in the day because they had a guy named Andrea Pirlo who was arguably the greatest midfielder we've seen in the last 10 years, 15 years. Belgium has great midfield play. Argentina has good midfield play. Um, th there's a lot of teams with great midfield play. Egypt is not one of them. And therefore, while I think Salah will score goals, uh, he's a wonder kid. I don't know if he'll be as effective with his club. So he'll have to do a lot more work is what you're saying. That, that's you correct. And, and he's not going to get such great ball positioning. Um, and his team isn't going to go as far as maybe Liverpool. Uh, they might only win one or two or three games. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. All right, then. Well, mm -hmm. I just wanted to uh, give Draymond Green another shout-out for getting stuck well, by the rim. Well, thanks for that, that Rob. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy that party, and, and hopefully go get yourself a, a glass of wine. And uh, didn't you order a, a heart-shaped pizza? Maybe you can do that again tonight. Have a nice night. See ya. Uh, <laughs> All right, later. Bye-bye. Um, Blackjack, are you there? Oh, yeah. 
All right, good. You're, you're looking over draft coverage. Let's go back to the draft. Uh, we're on the Portland Trailblazers. And, you know, Blackjack, let me quick ask you. You look at Portland. They have good guard play. I like Nurkic. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you think the weak link on that team is? I'm going to go ahead and say it's Evan Turner. Do you agree? Yeah, I think they need a wing. That's, uh, I think they need yeah. a wing. Uh, I'm looking at Troy Brown out of uh, – Yep out of Oregon. Uh, I think he's a guy that needs to work a bit on his um, offensive game, but um, I could see comparisons to Steve Smith, uh, the one that played for the Hawks. I uh, might get a little bit bigger even as well. Still only a freshman, young kid. Uh, he's only 19. Uh, I like Troy Brown here to the Portland Travelers. Could see um, maybe uh, non Musa, the other international kid, but I would go with Troy Brown here for the Portland Travelers. Fair enough. Uh, I think that that's a good value at that at that spot for them. Um, the Lakers, the Lakers are up next. Obviously, they they, you know, they have Lonzo Ball. Um, everything else is kind of up in the air at this point. I don't see them re-signing Isaiah Thomas. Do you? No. So, I think that they do need a little bit of backcourt play, especially after trading away uh, Jordan Clarkson. Um, I would actually look at Bruce Brown here out of Miami. And I think the reason that I, that I look at him is he's not a, a fantastic scorer, but he can play really solid defense. And Lonzo Ball plays very good defense as well. And I think if you put the two of them together, you get a backcourt that is going to be tenacious on the defensive side of things. And it's going to open things up for the rest of, of, of their scorers. So at 25, I think Bruce Brown is a decent pick here out of Miami. Like it. Um, Sixers are up 25 or 26. I'm sorry. Um, listen, I think Reddick's gone. Um, I think Bellinelli's <laughs> gone. You're going to need a two. Um, look, we we don't know what they're going to do with LeBron James. So obviously we're going to have to go and hope that he, you know, it's him. But you know, we'll explain, pretend he's not. I would go Gary Trent Jr. out of Duke. Uh-huh. Uh, good time to pick him here. I think one thing I really like about him is he's 6'5 at a two guard. Big kid, um, you know, kind of a strong body frame, good shooter, um, good jump shot, sweet shooting touch. I, I like him a lot. Um, I would go Gary Trent here. Uh, to play that two-guard spot, I think he'd be a nice addition to the Sixers team. does add that little shooting touch as well yep. that you'll lose with uh, Redick. I, I thought you were going to take uh, take the guy that I'm going to take here at 27, the Boston Celtics. Look, the Celtics have uh, nice wings in Brown and Tatum. They have Horford down low. They've got Kyrie Irving at the point, Gordon Hayward coming back on the wing. Their backups, you know, Marcus Smart, who knows if they'll re-sign him. I think they will try to. Um, Marcus Smart's a defensive-oriented player. We've seen far too many games this year, Jeff, where the Celtics have put up halftime scores that should be first-quarter scores. The Celtics need some scoring punch in that second unit. I think this is I, – I think the guy's the perfect fit in Boston. I think it's Grayson Allen. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think, I, I I think don't he's the kind of kid that Boston fans would love to have playing in Boston. I think that, you know, he gets out there and he's tripping people or doing whatever, and the Boston fans are going to eat that shit up. <laughs> no, I I don't disagree with you on that. That That's a, that's a fine point there, actually. Um, and I, that's kind of where, around where I have him going as well. Um, I think um, 
I think a backup point guard's in order with this next pick. Uh, Golden State, yep. we, we've seen Stephen Curry go out with injuries. We've we've seen – listen, Quinn Cook's a nice player, but I, I don't know that he's the guy yeah. you want. Um, you know, will Clay Thompson move on is kind of a big question. I would go more towards like a, 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 a kind of a, a, a combo guard here. I, I think Tony Carr makes sense here. I think, um, you know – Shake Milton makes sense, but I'm going to go straight point guard. Jalen Brunson, I think he yep. would be interesting here, um, and kind of behind Steph Curry. Yeah, it's a great pick. I, I do see him more as a starter though in this league, but I think if he's there, I think you got to lean towards, uh, you know, lead starter. I could see them going maybe with a kind of a a, a corner kind of marksman, kind of add to what you already have, uh, give Kevin Durant a bit of a break. Uh, and a player that kind of is, is a bit similar in a way is Kata Bates-Diop. But, yeah, I would probably go towards Jalen Brunson. I think it would be a good spot for him to land as far as kind of sit behind uh, his staff and, and be your backup. I, I think that's a that's a really good pick there at that spot. I, I think Brunson's a perfect, perfect fit in Golden State. Um, that brings us to the Brooklyn Nets at 29. I'll be honest, Jeff, I'm torn between two players here. Um between going with a guard and going with a, a front court player, I'm going to go with the front court player. I'm going to say it's Mo Wagner here. Um, he just kind of is, I don't know that he's going to be a great player in the NBA, but I think he can kind of do a little bit of everything. He'll do it, you know, well. I don't know that he's going to be an all-star, but I think he'll be an effective player. I was thinking about going Jerome Robinson for the scoring punch, but truthfully the Nets could score the ball fairly well last year. Um, that yep. wasn't a huge problem for them. I'm going to say they go with Mo Wagner here at 29. That's interesting. I actually had them going with Mo Wagner as well at 29 on my mock. Uh, that's a great pick by you. Uh, Hawks are up. This is their third pick of the first round. We had them taking uh, – who would you have? We had Marvin Bagley. Uh, we had them taking – who do we have them taking at uh, – at, at, what was it, uh, Blackjack? 19. It was uh, – DiVincenzo, I think? No, no. Uh, I think I had them taking – let's see. We should have wrote this down. Uh, we should have written it down. I, said, I don't know I said, who the I hell I had them taking. Maybe it was uh, Chandler Hutchison, maybe? No, no. I had Damn, them I... Taking going to Utah. Was it, it, no, it was Aaron Holiday. I had them taking oh, Aaron sure, Holiday. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, because I had them, I had Shemet, right. Okay, Aaron Holiday. So you have them taking a guard and you have them taking a big. Um, listen, I I think, I don't know. Um, I would probably go towards, I don't know, Kata Bates-Diop here. I, I don't yeah. know that Torian Prince is a long-term option here. Bates-Diop is a, is a scorer. He's kind of that, that three. He could play maybe a four at times. Uh, you give John Collins a little bit of a respite. I, I would probably go with uh, with Kade Bates Diop out of Ohio State here for the Atlanta Hawks, who mercifully have yeah. no more picks. Uh, this is the last pick of the first round for them. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that one too. There, I, I think that he's uh, he's a very solid pick for them at number thirty. So that that completes our mock draft, Jeff, and that was uh, that was fun. Yes, it was. It, it's always fun to think about that stuff, uh, and obviously there are sixty picks, which. Um, you know, have fun. Uh, One guy I wanted to bring up, Blackjack, I think he's a really good player and he's going to be a good player in this draft. And I'd love to see the Sixers take him. Svee Mikhailuk out of Kansas. 
I think he's a really good basketball player. He's got good European experience, good player out at Kansas, really could shoot the ball at a high level. I like him a lot. I think he's a guy to keep an eye look for. But there's a lot of good players here. It'll be fun to watch and see where guys go. Uh, we got about 10 minutes, got a couple calls here. Uh, let's hit them now. Uh, go ahead, caller. You're up. Going once, going twice. Hello, you're gone. Uh, you're up, caller. Go ahead. Hello, 803. All right. Two straight 803 calls, neither answer. Uh, if you're out there, go ahead and call back. We'll get to you here. Uh, Jeff, Black check. What do you got? Let me ask you a question about something here. I don't know if you saw this today, but the Oakland Raiders traded for Christian Hackenberg from the Jets. And they gave up only a conditional seventh. But my question is, why would you give anything for him? The Jets (laughs) have been a bad team for the last two years and have not found a time suitable to put Christian Hackenberg on the field. Whatever they're seeing in practice, has to be god-awful. They have sent out anyone and everyone but Christian Hackenberg, and there has to be a damn good reason for that. Why, if you're the Oakland Raiders, would you want this? Why would anybody want this kid? Yeah, I, I don't understand this. I, I Look, I, I get, you know, you want to bring quarterbacks in, but I think you have capable ideas. I mean, you have Connor Cook, you have E.J. Manuel. What, why do you need four quarterbacks? I mean, you must really have issues with what you're seeing. Look, they've made some very odd moves in the offseason. Their draft was weird. Um, you know, obviously, you know, bringing a Martavius Bryant, who's a bit of a head case. Um, they, they're a weird organization, man. I never know what Mark Davis is thinking. Listen, I don't care if it's a seventh-round pick. Uh, Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. They matter. Yeah. Um, I mean, why I, I'm not giving up, up anything. For a kid that the New York Jets couldn't see fit to put on the field at any point over the last two years. Listen, I had no reason to think. Uh, coming out of college, I thought he was a, it was a mug. He had, you know, it just there was nothing to like about him. I, yeah, I don't know why you would even – I wouldn't give up a tenth-round pick. For, for Christian I wouldn't give I, up. I, I, look, I mean, I, I'm with you. I just, I just don't understand it because you, you have so many opportunities that the Jets had to just put this kid in there and say, you know what? Let's just see. Maybe there's something there. And, and why mean, don't you? And they why don't you just wait? Like you could have waited till training camp. He'll get cut. And you, you, know get cut. Yeah. you know he's getting cut. You know he's getting cut. The Jets yeah. aren't carrying four quarterbacks. And they're not let really going to town Bridgewater, and they just drafted Darnold. Blackjack, let me ask you this. Would, if, you, if you had the decision to choose between a bag of footballs and Christian Hackenberg, what would you pick? I'd take the footballs. <laughs> me too. I, I would. There would be a lot of things I would – I would take like a, a pepperoni pizza over Christian Hackenberg. Uh, much... But now that we're talking about this, it raises the question of what in the hell is the New York Jets thinking signing Teddy Bridgewater and Josh McCown – when they have the number three pick in the draft. And they know they're going quarterback. Like, you know <laughs> you're going quarterback. That's, that's Why are you the paying Jets. Teddy Bridgewater $10 million? Like, what is the point? That's the Jets and the Raiders for you. Two weird organizations that we can't ever try to make sense of. Um, 
you know, it's it's quite interesting. You, you you really always raise great points, Blackjack. And you know you know what got me thinking. And I will get to a call here in a minute. I just want to point one thing out. You know, Blackjack, we were talking about Hugh Jackson last night. So um, I found out last night that um, the athletic director for Kansas was uh, fired. Um, and and I, I bring this point to, to mention: Why the hell is David Beatty still the football coach at Kansas? I mean, he's seen not a spitting image of Hugh Jackson at, at Cleveland. This David Beatty is a complete loser. He's won three games in four years, or three years. He's won. He's 3-33. And, and he yeah, keeps man. getting contract yeah. extensions. He keeps getting raises. Why are we giving David Beatty a fucking raise? He stinks. And you know this what? team stinks. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so tired of hearing the excuses with Kansas. There is no reason Kansas football is as bad as it is. All right? There's no, there is absolutely no reason. No. Every other school in the Big 12 is at least at times competitive. They are a perpetual doormat. And it's yep. been that way for as long as I can remember, save, I think, one year where where they they you know went to a, a BCS bowl game I think, but other than that, this team is just perpetually terrible, and there's nobody to blame except your athletic director for putting no emphasis on football. I mean, hire the right coach, man. Go out and get yourself a real coach. You're the university. You're, you're Kansas for Christ's sake, Kansas. You're a name program yeah. in the Big Twelve. You should be able to put a team on the field that should be able to win five or six games a year. It's not asking a ton. Agreed. You know, Baca, you know, real quick, you know who the two of the wins were against? Rhode Island and Southeast Missouri State. Two FCS. Um, let, let's, uh, we got about uh, five minutes. Uh, Johnny Cash, we got about five minutes. What's up? Uh, how's it going, guys? Uh, just wanted to Go talk ahead. about uh, college football schedule with you guys. Yeah. I like, right. like the opening line. Um, what, what do you what do you guys think about uh, every year? There's always like this one big upset. Do you uh, do you think there's going to be something like that going to happen in the first week of football? Um, it seems like every every year at the beginning of the first week, there's always one big upset that happens. Johnny, I, I don't know, man. I'll be honest with you, I haven't even paid any attention to college football. It's it's months away, man. <laughs> I know, but, yeah, uh, I got to agree. I, I don't. I don't. I, I you know I was asked about this and recently. Yeah, I'm sorry, but like I think people who bet these games, like who bet the NFL games, like when they when that those spreads came out a month ago, and people that bet college football, I think you're out of your goddamn mind. You don't know who's playing. Guys can get injured in training camp. Guys can get injured before the season starts. You have no idea who is going to be suiting up in those games four months down the road. Like plus, like any any research that I've done, I I generally start with the. The smaller conferences, like the Sun Belt and MAC, and work my way up to some of the bigger ones. So I can't say I've gotten to that point yet, John. So I, I can't really answer that. And Johnny, yeah, I don't yeah. like that games the day before they start, let alone four months <laughs> before they start. No, yeah. I, I just I just like the line just because it's interesting in seeing what games are playing. I mean, the one the one college team I really do like, I think is going to be good next year. That yeah, under the radar, I think is UMass, and UMass is playing Boston College. Johnny, you're calling about UMass football? Yeah, what? Well, let me ask you. I, I got to ask you, John, because you 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 do have the great uh, way of being one of the more random, like as far as calls are concerned. Like your calls are always very random. I mean, what makes you think? And I'm being honest with you. What makes you actually call into the show the and say bet. you think UMass are going to be good? Like, what do like, you know about UMass? That 
that you have that opinion, right? Yeah. Like, what about them? No, I mean, no, I liked them last year because there were many times they had big spreads and they covered a lot. And I just sure. I'm going to give you a week one pick. Here it is. FIU plus 17 against Oklahoma. Give me Lane Kiffin. FAU, you mean? And I actually wanted FAU. to bring that up. FAU. I disagree completely. I think Oklahoma crushes FAU. <laughs> FAU, they might. they might. They lost a lot last year, FAU. And nope, Lane Kiffin ain't sneaking up on anybody. Uh, I like Kyler Murray. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I love Rodney Anderson at Oklahoma. Real quick, though, UMass, though, listen, I like that team. They have Andrew Ford's a good quarterback. I like uh, Marquise Young, the running back there. Uh, but it's it's hard to – think that Mark Whipple's team, I mean, they're, they're, they're a three-and-four-win team every year. But, John, I got to tell you, great name drop of UMass. Good work. Thank you. Anyways, uh, I just wanted to ask that. And then, and then also, the, there's going to be some great games. I mean, like uh, uh, Michigan and Notre Dame, that's the one that I'm looking at. I'm not going to bet right now, but I just wanted to just get like sure. a head start and just kind of what I'm, what, what's in my notes on – Johnny, we're under two minutes left, brother. You're gonna have to call back tomorrow to talk about it. Yeah, listen, John. I'll I'll tell you what. We'll we'll make it a point. I'll make it a point tomorrow to highlight some of the big college football games. We'll we'll get to that tomorrow, right? Thank you. All right, great. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thanks, John. See you, buddy. Uh, Yeah, we're running up against it, John. Unfortunately, Uh, about 55 seconds. Blackjack. Good stuff tonight. Real fun. Like doing the NBA draft. I had a couple callers. Fun stuff. Uh, We'll obviously keep it going tomorrow. We'll talk a little. I'll bring up some college football games that we can kind of uh, beat around and talk about. Yep. Uh, we'll continue. We have game seven as well. A lot to do tomorrow. Join us Absolutely. Wednesday evening here uh, on the Viva La Vegas show. Everyone have a great night. Bye-bye. How I wish that there were more than the 24 hours in the day. Even if there were 40 more, I wouldn't sleep a minute away. Oh, there's blackjack and poker and the roulette wheel.